Desert Island Discs on 91.3 Capital FM. 91.3 Capital FM, Desert Island Discs series on this wonderful Sunday evening. And as always, sharing with you life's inspirational stories from folks that have distinguished themselves. On this edition of Desert Island Discs, I have the pleasure to host with you an incredible young man. And you'll pardon me for calling him a young man for, I mean, after all, I'm over 10 years. He's senior, but he's lived quite an inspirational life and still counting. I dress up also smartly, complete with my bow tie and everything in gear. On it, find him at his house, relaxed and in a short. Good evening. Welcome to the program, Rajiv. Good evening, Solomon. How are you doing? I'm great. Yourself? Not too bad. How are you keeping? I'm well. Um, it's not a very easy time the world is going through. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's, it's, a, it's a difficult time to get your mind around. But I think overall we're doing well. But uh, a lot of people out there are suffering at the moment. So our hearts go out to those people. We're glad that you're riding the wave. And I'm sure many listening to us this evening will get the inspiration they require from you as well as learn a few life's lessons. Mm. Now, Rajiv, of course, you are more known for the colossus that your father is, the towering figure that he is and the incredible businessman that he is in this country. And also him raising a son like he was now taken over as managing director of the entire Rupert area group. Quite a huge yoke on your shoulders. How is that going? I love it. Um, I love waking every day. I waking up every day in the morning. I love what I do. I love the, f the fact that I'm doing different things in different industries and in different sectors. And I think the best thing about it is I just love the learning aspect of it. I just go every day and I learn new things every day. There's not a day that goes by and I can't come home and say, wow, did you know this happened? Or did you know this works like this? Well, you're living your life like one huge experience, but we're talking about real estate, schools, uh, media, we're talking about a hotel and hospitality industry. We're talking about even sport now where you are a rising star in rallying. Everything for just a guy that has 24 hours like myself and you say you are loving it? Yeah, love Let's it, be absolutely. honest, aren't you breaking under it? No, um, I also do, you forgot that I have a social life also above oh, that. that. too, and then a husband uh, as well. And a husband, <laughs> and hopefully one day I'll, I'll be a father as well. That's pretty soon, I guess. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, no, no COVID baby yet, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we don't know that for sure. <laughs> but uh, we'll get there. I think uh, it's, it's a good question. We all have 24 hours in the day, but it's how... Number one, when you run institutions or you create businesses, it's how to create systems that govern them, but to also make sure that you follow them all up uh, personally. So there's not one thing that I don't follow up. And I have systems of follow up. I have people who their job is just to follow up um, and to make sure reports are given to me or completed work is given to me for my authorization. For a 30 year old, someone would say it would require someone with more life on earth more experience in doing stuff. But here you are running the show. That's the reason we're having this conversation. How did it all begin? We'll start from it the all, real beginning. It all started from when I was a kid, maybe eight years old. My dad didn't really spend, get to spend much time with us because uh, he was busy. He was busy building his dreams. So I think what was really interesting is he, he gave us the time in different ways. Mm -hmm. And that was by instead of him constantly spending time with us, he would take us to spend time with him. Oh, okay. That was a clever way. All right. So he would go to the construction sites and he would take us with the, to the construction sites. So we already started having this, this open-mindedness of being on a construction site. We'd see him managing people. We'd see him managing materials. And from all that, you actually, uh, you'd be surprised uh, with your children how much they're actually absorbing. Even if they're not talking or talking about it, they're being observant, they're seeing people doing things, uh, they're, they're, they're picking up on different things. But the challenge is, is we don't then talk to them after about what, what, they saw. what they saw. It's about what we want. Mm -hmm. But for you? It was very different, yeah. I would go, I, would, I had my spade. You know, we used to get those uh, beat sand spades. So I was three, four years old. It would put me in where all the sand was, the wheelbarrow would come. And you just put in there. Just put in there. As a nice game as a child, but well, we like we all like sand pits as children. <laughs> but he managed to get labor out of my my hobbies. <laughs> Clever guy, isn't he? True businessman. Let's start from again the beginnings. When were you born, and where were you born at that? Time? I was born in Uganda in 1990. Oh, recently. Yeah, I'm 30 years old. Second of January. Wow. Uh, Capricorn. Incredible. I mean, that was the life of the party. Eh? You can't well, someone's New Year party just get born. <laughs> 
Well, we used to have a tradition where we used to actually party all the way from Christmas and the end of the party would be my birthday. Wow. And it would be a, almost a, a 13 days of, of, of binging, 14 days of binge drinking, which is I do not recommend to anybody. <laughs> well, with a bit of your mindset, I guess, but when you're having it, you must have been enjoying it. So growing up in the Rupareya household, just take us back away from that, taking you to places of work and exposing you to his own experiences, which eventually have become invaluable lessons for your business acumen. Take us back to how it was, you know, be him as a father, you as a child. Well, I think he, he, he was a very loving dad. Um, he still is. He still is. <laughs> Um, but I think mom, my mom played a big role in our upbringing. Um, she, I, she would make sure that the kids were organized well. Uh, she would make sure that someone, that she dropped us to school. She would make sure she checks what we studied. She would be in touch with the teachers. Uh, she would come back home, uh, make sure we picked up from school. She would organize our tuitions. And not just education. This is, I think, where we go wrong as a society. Mm -hmm. She would organize our sports. She would organize us cooking classes at home. She would teach, uh, organize uh, a science teacher to come home and we'd do science experiments. So it wasn't this, this traditional learning. It was learning about really how, what is the world about? And actually, actually getting an opportunity, not just what the world is about, is what does my child like doing? Picking up your interests. Correct. But you're talking about our, we, ours. Let's not assume that everybody knows your siblings. No, I have two, two, two sisters, both older than me. Uh, one of them works and heads our hotel group, okay. uh, Sheena Ruprelia, and my sister Mira Ruprelia, who's married, and she's successfully running, uh, I think, one of the top five largest sugar trading companies in, in Kenya. And they've done that over a period of about six to seven years. So they're doing phenomenally successful. Wow. And you don't have a younger sibling? No, I'm the youngest. You are the youngest. Yes. Now, as the youngest with two older sisters, you must have been a bit of a spoiled kid. I mean, your sister spoiled you, your dad loves you to bits, and your mom treasures you like hell. I wasn't a spoiled kid. Mm -hmm. I still am a spoiled kid. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Unapologetically so. No, why should I? At the end of the day, I, I got given a lifestyle that I had to maintain. And as much as my dad spoiled me, I always knew in the back of my head that eventually this will fall on my two feet. And I have to maintain that lifestyle. So as much as I have an elaborate lifestyle, I also work the elaborate hours. I also put in the elaborate efforts. So it's all, it's, it's all part of the parcel overall. So one day I was laughing with my dad and I said to him, yeah, but you're the one who didn't tell my mom and gave me a credit card. <laughs> yeah, so I used to go to the club and do whatever I wanted. And, and then after I came back to Uganda, he said, now you've got to work for your money. And I said, ah. Uh, that was a catch. <laughs> <laughs> but someone would also ask themselves in the Ruparayan uh, homestead, what kind of dad is he? What kind of mom is she? Are they the typical Ugandan parents that we know who don't spare the road lest they spoil the child? Have you had a spanking from any one of them? I think I, I, I had a, an altercation with my dad one day. Mm -hmm. I, I, I refused to cut my fingernails. And he wanted me to cut my fingernails. He gave me three days to cut them. And I was just being stubborn about it all. Refused. And yeah, we, we had a bit of altercation, but nothing real. I don't, I don't think beating someone gets the best out of them. It's always easier to be open with your children because they will teach you something you never thought you'd even learn. But you'll also teach them great things. Absolutely. Right? But if it's a one-way channel, they'll just resent you in life. If it's... Let's just say I started drinking quite young. I was open to my dad and told him I, I drink. I told him I smoke. And I told him it's not your body I'm destroying. It's my body. It's my body. And I understand you don't like it, but I don't want to do it behind your back. I would rather do it, you knowing fully, because if it does get out of hand, then you'll be, you, you'll be in a position to be able to help me. And I'll trust you to help me. Pastor, I swear that's a new lesson for me. Now, Rajiv, on this program, we play our music. What will be your first song? Well, I think um, Avicii is one of my favorite artists. Why? <laughs> I, I just think some of the music he plays really lifts you up, uh, especially Wake Me Up. Um, it, it's one of my favorite songs um, because it's just, it's just a song that you can wake up to and it gives you energy. energy. To start your day. It's, it's, it's all about energy. I, just, I, don't, I don't believe in so many things, but I believe in something called energy and people's energy. And, I, and that's what I look at as a person. 
So do you listen to music for its uh, lyrical value or the beat energy that gets you grooving on your feet? No, both. It has to be a blend. I don't like trance. I don't like heavy uh, metal where you can't understand it. Uh, I used to listen to a lot of uh, uh, rhythms um, and... Uh, Those are usually very nice, especially yeah. after midnight. Correct. <laughs> um, yeah, in the club. Exactly. Actually, we, we were the first club who really started pushing rhythms at Club Sway when I opened it. You'll be telling us more about that uh, adventure into the club business and entertainment. Later, yeah. But for now, let's play your fast tunes, wake me up, and let's see how it goes. Cheers. Indeed, people listening to us Thank are you. suddenly going to get woken up. <laughs> Feeling my way through the darkness Guided by a beating heart I can't tell where the journey will end But I know where to start they tell me I'm too young to understand They say I'm caught up in a dream Well, life will pass me by if I don't open up my eyes So that's fine by me So wake me up when it's all over When I'm wiser and I'm older All this time I was finding myself in Capital FM, Desert Island, this series, and yes, we're still having this conversation with Rajiv Rupareria. Now, for the benefit of you just joining us, we're talking to about a guy that's running hundreds of gigs, schools, real estate, entertainment, media, 
talk about it. Rajiv, you and your dad, as you had just explained us in the earlier parts of the program, life's interwoven. He's led you, carried you by the hand, carried you on his shoulders, and walked with you. But take us through your education from your formative years. So that's a very, very interesting. Everybody asks me about my education, and it's a very interesting journey, to be honest. I, I first started in uh, International School of Uganda, which was ISU, which just used to be where the former British Embassy is here. Exactly. Then my dad decided that for his kids, he wanted a British education because he wanted us to go for further education in England. So then they opened a school called uh, Kabira International School. And from Kabira, I was there till nine years old. And at the age of nine, my friends had been decided that they want to go, or their parents had decided for them that they wanted to, their children to go to uh, boarding school. And most of them went to Turi and Pembroke in, in Kenya. And uh, there's, there's another one, but I'm forgetting it. Um, and at that time, I said, I'm not staying at school alone. For my, for, my, for all my friends are leaving, I can't just be here alone. So I said to my mom, I want to go to Turi. And my mom said, no. She said, we're not letting you go to Turi. Um, I said, why? She said, because you have to understand that we're not going to drive. And at this point, my sisters were already in England. So she said, we're not going to drive to Kenya for your exit, so your visitation weekends. At the same time, we have to fly to London to go and visit your sisters for half term or exit. So you're going to England? I said, yeah, but I'm only nine years old. You can't, you can't, you can't send me to England alone. And I said, okay, then stay at Kabira. I you said, had a good choice. I said, I, said, I said, no. I said, I'm going to England. I said, let me go and see what this, this whole thing is about. Besides all your sisters there, so. Right, no, but they're in a completely different area. My sisters were at uh, St. Helens, which is a school in Northwest London. Mm -hmm. And I went all the way to Oxford. Woo. So I was about an hour and a half away from home. Uh, and I went to a school called Dragon School. Um, and it was probably ranked the third best prep school. So prep in England is primary. Uh, so the third best primary school in England. And that's where I think I changed. Fundamentally, I changed. It was, it was, it was an incredible experience. And from Dragon, I had left when I was first team football, first team rugby, first team captain of the golf team, uh, second, yes, uh, second team tennis. Uh, I've even got national points here in golf. My goodness, so you know how to swing whatever it is that there is. Yes, yes. <laughs> but Rajiv, before we play your next song, you left Dragon with what? The choice to come back home again or stay in? No, I, 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 I went to a school called Halebury. Mm -hmm. That's when my, 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 uh, my education got interesting because I got suspended from Dragon, uh, from, sorry, Halebury. Um, it was pretty funny, to be honest. Um, we had worked on an, an instruction from some of the upper years to go and raid another dormitory, another, do, another house. So we took all the stuff out, put it out in the courtyard. Mm -hmm. But then what happened was we weren't told to bring it back and it rained. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that should have come naturally. You guys just have to be nice and take it back when it rains. No, we, we, we don't know. We're working on instructions. You know, the difference when you work on instructions and the difference where you're told to think for yourself. <laughs> and so when the axe came flying, you were right in its way. We're all there, about 12 of us. But that was like, uh, it was not, that was one of the things that led up. Then I think we had a bit, we had a bit, had a fight with some kid. Again, he was being racist. Um, actually, he was being racist towards Ugandans and black people. And to me, I come from a country where I believe I might not be black, but, but, <laughs> but in my heart and my senses, I, I am a Ugandan and I'll protect that, their, 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 uh, uh, their image anywhere in the world. I love that. Right? I love the sound um, of that. I would, I would protect it. So when he said what he said, I, me and another kid from, he's from South Africa, we just got straight in and, in and laid it into him. And by the time we were laying it into him, the teacher walked into the class. We both saw that we were both going to be suspended at that point. So, so you we went on. Going on. <laughs> Which, again, it, it, I, I don't, I'm not proud of those moments. I don't encourage people to do that. But I do encourage people not to let people walk all over them. I don't, there's certain principles that I have that I don't think, and I'll never start a fight. I've never been, and my dad has told me never to start a fight, but he's told me, make sure you finish the fight. 
when one comes your way. Yeah. There are eternal words. Or he'll finish me. <laughs> there are some eternal words from an old song by the late Kenny Rogers. And the song is titled, weirdly, Coward of the County. But in there is a line where a son has to tell his father, you know what, dad? Sometimes when you're a man, you have to fight. Against his advice of saying, son, walk away from trouble when you say it. Now that we're talking music, what will be your next song, Rajiv? From that, I'm walking away. <laughs> what are you walking away from? <laughs> Troubles? <laughs> Always walk away from troubles. It's a good thing. It's a mature thing to do. Lovely song. Let's listen to that when we return. It's more of Rajiv's life story. <laughs> Capital FM, Desert Island, this series, and yes, Rajiv Rupareria sharing with us his life story. In Ugandan street speak, we would call him Mwana Wamugaga. He's clearly a son of a rich man and unapologetically so, but from that, he's hard to fend his way, and he knows that when the sun comes to set, it will be him with his two feet carrying the entire empire on his shoulders. Am I right? That's right. That's what the plan is. Ah, Unless ah. the plan changes. <laughs> no, there's no change of plan here <laughs> from the foreseeable future. And starting from that point, how has it always felt for you to carry with you that moniker of, and I'm using the word in Luganda, Mwana Womugaga? I don't think of it. I, I didn't choose to be born by him. Mm -hmm. I wasn't chose in this family. Only The only person who gave me to this family was God. And to be honest, when people say certain things, like I said, I just turn a blank ear to them, selective hearing. Uh, people, people say certain things that they don't even know what they're talking about in the first place. And I always have a, a saying, you can't argue with a brick wall. <laughs> <laughs> Which one would you argue with? Somebody, somebody <laughs> who keeps saying that uh, he's, the, he's the boss because his father's uh, is, uh, 
is the owner, is of, the the owner of the company and this and that. But I think more importantly is my employees respect me. Not because my dad is the owner of the company, but because on merit. I've trained majority of my top management myself. Not made them into who they are. They've all made themselves into who they are. But through guidance and hard work and through my knowledge and their abilities and their knowledge and that teamwork is what has driven us to this position. They put me in this position. I remember when COVID started, the first thing they said to me is, they said, they said our first family cannot move out and about. Because I was the first person to say, if, I'm, if my managers are moving, I'm moving. I'm moving. And, they, said, and they, they actually refused me. Get back in, stay they said, safe. You stay inside, you have a mobile phone and you know how to use it very well. We'll handle the rest. We'll handle from outside, we'll be your foot soldiers on the ground, but you coordinate everything from your office in, at your house. And you listen to them? Well, I respected their decision. Mm -hmm. You know what, I came to listen to your life story. I've gotten more than my fair share of the bargain of our conversation. Let me now go with a good pep talk that should guide me in my later part of my life. You try it and let me know how it goes. I'll let you know. But let's go back to <laughs> your high school days and the troubles therein. So you get suspended and all that, but then you finally find your way. How then did you progress with your well, education? Well, I, I went to another school called Dean Close. Mm -hmm. I also got kicked out of that school. I got suspended and then my mom, my but mom was very clever. Mm -hmm. After two suspensions, she just removed me from the school. So then I don't get anything on my record. As an expulsion. As an expulsion. <laughs> <laughs> and most of the time, the schools in England are quite good. Because they tell you that on the second warning, that, look, why don't you take your son away? Because we, 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 we'll even not put the second suspension on the record. But it's better he leaves because he's, he's, he's affecting other students. And then you also get a chance to go to another school. So they, they, they're forgiving. Wow. And I, I think that's important. I think having that culture of, of forgiving. Well, Ugandans are very forgiving. I think that's where, where, where we really get it from. Um, but again, it's, it's forgive in totality. No forgive, no forgive and don't and, forget. And, 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 then, and then later when something happens, you bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> you should forgive and forget. Forget and, and move on. You can't change it. What has happened has happened. You cannot change it. It is, it is embedded. It is a history now. You can relate back to it, but you can't change it. You're going through the vagaries of growing up adolescence, you know, and, you know, getting to also appreciate the role and fancy of the fairer sex and all that, but at the same time, moving school left, right and center. How was your relationship with your parents? Were they getting more understanding with how you are going on? Were they thinking maybe they should bring you back home so they can raise you up close and personal? I, I, I think they were scared to bring me back home. <laughs> they knew you would give them double trouble or? Well, I think they're more worried that I would lose. You see, in England, you're nobody no matter who you are or what you come from. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you can talk to any wealthy family in Uganda or powerful family in Uganda, and they'll tell you those British don't care. And I think that was humbleizes us. And you're done with your education and back to Uganda. I got, my, I got, a, I got a degree. In what did you study? Uh, I started off doing my degree in uh, business administration. It had to be, that was like a natural choice. <laughs> Yeah, but I didn't like it, to be honest. Oh, really? I actually found it really boring. Uh, for me, the, the for theory me, was different from what you me, knew in practice. No, I'll, I'll tell you why mm -hmm. I found it boring. Is I'm dyslexic. Okay? And I struggled to read and write long essays. And administration was all about writing. All right? Okay. And I, I, I report this, that I suck at it. And because of my dyslexia, it was making me really anxious. So one day I went and told my mom and dad I want to change to finance and banking. My mom's like, no, you cannot do that. In high school, you failed your accounting modules. They, they told you to stop doing accounting. Now you want to go back and do it, etc., etc., etc. No, you're never going to get to university. You're going to be a kid who stays here all that time. And I said, mom, listen, I'm changing whether you like it or not. If I failed one, doesn't mean I'm going to fail it again. So I'm going to continue and do it. I didn't tell them eventually. I just went and did it myself. And I think they found out almost at my graduation that I changed it. And I graduated with a 2-1 and I missed the first class by about a percent wow. or 2%. I got about 60, 68 or 69 average in my course. So I, and I should have actually got a first class, but one of my teachers was very, very, very difficult. 
I got a, I got a first class in my dissertation and I requested her to give me a couple more percent. <laughs> and I said, said, you've already given me a distinction. Why can't you give me a couple more percentages and I get a first class overall? She said, your marks are your marks. Take them or leave them, but this is what you're going to get. And I try to, I try, try to convince her, convince her. And that's when you also realize that she was right. <laughs> she wanted to give you a yes. sense of, you know, false first class when you eat. Or sympathy. Or sympathy. There's yeah. no sympathy in this world. You are who you are. When you graduate, Rajiv, of course, the usual trajectory of things here is go to a good school, get a good grade, come and get a good job. Yes. You had lots of jobs waiting for you back home. Do you have a particular fancy of what exactly you want to do? Do you also feel like possibly do you want to work for the Rupa Area Group? I, I had already been working before I got to university. Uh, and I actually always wanted to work for myself, to be honest. I wanted to try my own thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I never really wanted to work for somebody um, from a young age. I always said that. Um, and that's why I started my club, Sway. That was my first business venture, which eventually shut down and we moved on from it. It was a nice business venture. I mean, doing the stuff that you love the best. I was 17 Pine. years old. Absolutely. I was going to high school. I'd go to school at 7.30, I'd be at school. I'd leave school at 4 or 5 o'clock. I'd go straight, I'd come home, I'd do my tuition till 6, 7 o'clock. Then I'd go to my club and make sure the nights are successful. In the meantime, wow. I'll be following up, making sure that the stock is ordered, uh, goods have come in, uh, the empty bottles were given back. Uh, I'll make sure that the, uh, the the fridges were stocked up, stock was issued from the fridges, the sound utilities checks were done. Utility, yeah, but utility at the end of the month. Uh, These yeah, are daily, daily things. things. I had my daily activity, had my weekly activity, had my monthly activities, and my annual activities. Wow. So I, I planned them in such a way. I organized myself to plan them in such a way. Um, so every day I'd be at school. My math teacher was a legend, Mr. <laughs> Siddiqui, absolute legend. And he used to come home and tutor me. So he said to me, every, because we only had maths in the morning, he said, you just sleep. I'll come home at three, four o'clock and we'll go through everything. And I got an oh. A in maths. So oh, that's really nice. So worked. So he would come home, I'll do it, I'll do the tutoring. So from there I'll go straight to the nightclub and so I would, that, that, when I got there, it was just to make sure the night runs smoothly now. But there's a lot before the night runs smoothly that you have to put into place. Make sure the marketeers are there. The promotion. Make sure the there. promotions. And, and let me tell you what most people don't realize is most of the big promoters today in the industry, in bar industry, came from Sway. And most of the big theme nights in this country till today came from Sway. From Sway. The innovation came from there. You knew how to You talk about it. Linda in Governor. You talk about Douglas. On N NB NBS. NBS, yes. You talk about Cats. Cats was my MC. Wow. You talk about Charlie, who works in Silk. You talk, I, I can name these people all day. Even Fat Boy used to DJ for us. Absolutely. So you see, yeah, he used <laughs> you to come everyone. and DJ for us. So um, we, we had the biggest and we built brands from kids who were still in university. Most of these guys were still in university. Mm -hmm. The old McCrary and Nkumba and these different universities. I remember we used to send buses, pick. Pick, pick up the people. Babes. Oh, the bosses come and all the I love your choice. So I like to show some words. Pick up people. <laughs> now that we're talking about club music and business and all that, what will be your next song? Mm. James Blunt, You're Beautiful. Why? I, I think that song, when, 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 I, when I met my current wife, I met her when I was 16, and I remember that song came out about the same time, and it always takes me back to her. So as much as we went away from when I was 16 to about 22, it always reminded me of her. So Was that one of your pick-up lines for her when you first met? No, no. no. You had better pick-up lines than just the one. <laughs> Let's listen to this wonderful song that was chosen by Rajiv that reminds him of the time that he met his dear wife. And then when we return, it's more about his life story. More so the part where he actually meets her. What were the circumstances? Where was this? And we are glad to know that the story ends. We are living happily ever after. <laughs> my life is brilliant. My love is pure. I saw an angel. Of that I'm sure. She smiled at me on the subway. She was with another man. I won't lose no sleep on that Cause I've got a plan 
91.3 Capital FM, Desert Island Disc Series. And yes, we're still having a good conversation with Rajiv Ruparia, 30-year-old managing director of the Ruparia Group, running businesses across all sorts of industries, from schools to entertainment to hospitality to real estate to everything you can think about, and yet still growing. Rajiv, mm. you've had quite a tumultuous, you know, growing up, uh, having both sides of the spectrum where you've had your own, you know, uh, face, face of with the world as it were, but also a good parentage and anchorage with family and all that. You graduate from school, almost reaching a first class, and you're back here with a dream of starting your own businesses and running away with your own companies. Hmm. But family business was calling. How easy is that working for a family business? And how did you start off with the Ruperia Group? Well, I was already working, so during my holidays, I used to I used to come back home, uh, and I used to go to the construction sites. I remember KPS was my first project. Mm -hmm. That's the Kampala Parents Kampala School. Kampala Parents School. That was my first project when we were doing the expansion plan. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was also up in uh, we're building the the CMI headquarters. Okay. Uh, in trade in, of the in land trade for the land here, which in we got here for Shimoni. Uh, not Shimoni, sorry, uh, Mulago. For Mulago, yes. Um, and I remember those were my, my first two projects that I was working with the family. Let's get a bit cheeky here. And we have find out how you met your DIY. I met in a revision school. Revision had... camp. Not uh, man camp like American Pie, but uh -huh. revision camp. <laughs> and what was this that struck you so much about how that made us stand out of the crowd? It's different. We didn't start dating then, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But I was, I was, I'm a very, like, uh, I'm very okay alone. I'm, I like to be with people, but I also like, even when I'm with them, I don't like to be crowded and, crowded and things like that. Yeah, I like yeah. to just be there. I like good conversation, good dialogue. Um, and I like to learn from people. That's one of my best forms of research. Wow. It's to learn from people. So you listen more than you actually talk? In yeah, besides this interview. That's <laughs> <laughs> good to say, what has happened here? <laughs> But uh, no, I met her and I think we, we went for biology. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a biology revision class. And this, this was basically during IGCSEs or GCSEs. 
where basically all the lazy kids who their parents don't trust them to study uh, at home uh, send their kids to this. Or, 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 or parents who can't be bothered to teach their kids. Well, mine, mine was a bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> My parents were busy and they probably couldn't be bothered, so they sent me to school to, to go and do it. Mm -hmm. So I, I met her there. And I just remember I was sitting alone, quite happily, to be honest. Didn't really need anybody else uh, next to me. And what, what does she do? Sits right next to me. Okay. So I look at her and started talking. And she keeps talking and talking and talking. And I'm not really too much of a talker. So she keeps talking. I said, all right, fine. Not a bad person. And okay. you're good looking. <laughs> <laughs> Always a bonus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then I think after the class, I, I said, I'm going out for a cigarette. So I would leave the class and I'd go out for a cigarette and I'd have a cigarette. And from there, she, from there, I think after that class ended, she said, do you want to go for a hot chocolate? I said, well, yeah, but we're not allowed. She said, don't worry. I know where we can go and we won't get caught. <laughs> oh, she was. Now she's brave. So I said, okay, that's another bonus. That's another bonus. Um, so I said, all right, let's go. And I'm, I'm the kind of guy, if someone has, uh, somebody has something to do, if you want to do something, I'm always there to do it. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not scared of things like that. Like, what's the worst that can happen? We'll get caught, we'll get told off. And, and that's just about it. Uh, one with life. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as long as you don't hurt other people, that, that, that's my ethos. Don't hurt other people, don't malice other people, but small things, if you, if you get on with them and a few things happen here, everything can be corrected. And so we met and then we didn't talk, actually, we left and then we were friends for about a year or two. So about 16, I was 16, 17. And then we didn't meet again till I was 22. We're just high, high, high there, high by. Uh, she was actually very close to where I lived in England, in, uh, in university. And I think just one, one day, one day while, uh, just before I was going to leave, I met a common friend and she said, oh, I've met this amazing person. She's such a nice person. Her name is Sabri Takar. Takar and she just kept blabbing on us. I said, who, who is this person you're talking about? And she says, Nea Kagra. I said, I know Nea Kagra. I've always known her. And she said, I want to introduce you to this person, actually. I said, well, I know. I've known her since I was 16. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how Parts cross, and they always come back. Come back. So, you know, you, you, was, you never, you know, never really, really leave a relationship bitter. Always really, leave a relationship on differences, but not bitter. Uh, somebody was dating someone at the time, and we would just hang out, really. Just have a good time. We go to eat out. We go to different bars. Uh, just chill out at home, watch TV, have barbecues at summertime in London. So like every other day we're having a barbecue. Either no, home, you know, just... Yeah, just call all our friends around. And things evolved from there. Rajiv, now you're a man complete with a wife. But then you have this huge responsibility bestowed onto you by virtue of your work. Mm. You, Rajiv, and your dad, how are you working in terms of, you know, what's the hierarchy? Yes, he's the chairperson, but who does the day-to-day -day running? Who is holding all this on their shoulders? And that will preempt my next question. I think I take most of the decisions now. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of decisions. We, we, we respect each other's position. Right okay. over there. I'm sorry for cutting you short. Yes. At what point did he trust you all out the way he does today? Say, now, Rajiv, here you are. When he Run saw, with it. When he saw my execution and my commitment, and my mm -hmm. dedication. We will get phone calls at two in the morning. Next day he finds out everything was sorted out. And who was there? I was right. there. But I didn't need to call him in the middle of the night to know, let him know. He had to hear it from third party sources. And he's got a very good intelligence network. That's for sure. All right, so everything I'm doing, he knows. Even yeah. right now? Yes, he'll know. He'll, come on, <laughs> the house is out together. But it doesn't impose on me. Mm -hmm. Do you sometimes wake up and get a bit scared to say, look, you in, you're more or less inheriting a successful business empire that's growing by the day, and your dad has more or less left it to you to run 100%, and its success depends solely on your shoulders. Lucky him, he had you after a long time. Yes. 
how much time do you see yourself running this successfully and perhaps even beating his own record? Doesn't no. that scare you sometimes? No, it, 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 it does scare me. And let me tell you, if anybody was taking over a business or taking over a position mm -hmm. and it didn't scare them... They would kill it. <laughs> yeah, they would kill it. You're right. Because they, they, emotions are normal. You can't stop your emotions. Mm -hmm. I get butterflies all the time. I can imagine that. All right? But I don't let them control me. It makes me remember that let me think on a safe side sometimes, because I'm a high risk taker. So when I get those feelings, I say, okay, now, why are these feelings? What are these instincts coming to me? Why are they, because I'm just a human, what is going on with me? So I start thinking about the situation, say, okay, now, and I thought of it as the brave Rajiv. Let me think of it as a coward Rajiv. What's gonna what happen? What do you do? <laughs> right? And as much, and you, then you, you assess the situation, you look at it, you, you dynamically evaluate it. Uh, you look at all options, all outcomes, and then you make your decision. Rajiv, of course, the way Ugandan business structure is, is from an outsider as you, like myself, is that you do business on one end, but you must have an interwoven relationship platform where you're dealing with different stakeholders. And one of the biggest ones is government, because you have a regulatory framework that governs how your businesses in different areas works. Yeah. I mean, not long ago, we had the unfortunate story of, you know, your bank and everything mm. that came in between there. And it's a battle that you're still uh, battling on and it's in court. And without going into the details of that, because it's a, a court issue, that must have also woken you up in terms of relations with different stakeholders, all of whom contribute to the business. Isn't that sometimes very breaking? No, it takes up a lot of time, but I, I think, what are we besides the relationships we have with each other? Good question. <laughs> you can answer right. it. I don't even want to dare because I can't imagine. Yeah, but, but we're anyone, nothing. We're nothing. We're lonely. Anyone without we're lonely. a relationship. Yes. We're just lonely people. So if I can have relationships with all these people, and, and and to some extent we have a common ethos, we have a common dream, we have a common vision for this country. We can't let crooks govern and guide us forward because if crooks are going to guide us and take the lead, they're going to pull us all down with them, because they, they, they're self-interested and self-centered with what the decisions they make. Mm -hmm. They're not interested in the bigger scheme of things. And you touched on the Crane Bank. Let me just give you a simple logic here. Crane Bank needed 140 billion shillings to survive. Mm -hmm. Why did they go and spend almost close to 450 billion to and kill it? Created. And even on top of that, the Auditor General even said, half of the money is unaccounted for. This is insane. This is complete daylight robbery. And people need to be put to account. They can't just do what they want when they want. This is taxpayers' money. It's not my money, it's not your money. Not a single person can walk away from Crane Bank and say, I lost money. They took us to court. Now they're running around because they've lost, they're losing the cases. They took us to court. That's what people are forgetting. We never took them to court. Because they were so used to arm twisting everyone, so used to blackmailing people. If I may put in the grand scheme of things, business challenges come clothed in different garments yes. or even apparel. Yes. This was huge and shrouded in something like government, not quite government, individuals in there hiding behind the veil of government. Yes. You meet several other challenges. This may have been the biggest you faced yes. in your business life. Yes, yes. But how, I don't want to use Spanish in description, but how big is your gut to take this on going forward? Because it won't stop. Yeah, that's okay. How ready are you to face this off? Because again, Listen. the challenges you face today may be certainly much huge than your father ever faced in his days building up business. Yeah, yeah. And, and we'll face bigger challenges. Mm -hmm. Challenges, uh, the, there's a good song, uh, More Money, More Problems. Uh, maybe <laughs> maybe that will be our next song. Beat <laughs> 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 it in you better, you know? <laughs> right? So, Let's play your More Money, More Problems, and then when we come back, it's now personality profiling. We need to know a little bit about you beyond now that we've known your life's journey. Right. We'll be right back. Stay with us. It's Desert Islandists. Now, who shot? Who not? Tell me who rock? Who sell out in the stores? You tell me who flop? Who cop the blue drop? Who jewels got blocks? Who mostly go down to the blue 
track. The same old pimp, mace, you know ain't nothing changed but my limp. Can't stop till I see my name on a blimp. Guarantee me yourselves, pull a level up. You don't believe in Harlem world, nigga, double up. We don't play around, it's a bet, lay it down. Niggas didn't know me, 91, bet they know me now. I'm the young Harlem nigga with the Goldie sound. Can't no PG, niggas hold me down. Cooler, school me to the game, now I know my duty. Stay humble, stay low, blow like hootie. True pimp, nigga, spin no dough on the booty. Desert Island series, and yes, Rajiv Rupari sharing with us his life story. Boy, oh boy, what a life story! What a legacy! Only in a shell of 30 years, and I'm saying a shell because he says, What are you if you have no relations and interconnections with the rest of humanity around you and the things that you love to do? His answer is nothing. Now we call it a shell. But back to you. How do you replenish this shell of a body that you are? What are the things that you love? I mean, let's just even get down to what you eat. What's your favorite dish, Rajiv? It's a hard question, man. You eat everything? <laughs> I, I, I eat everything. Um, I try to start reducing on red meats a bit. I try to stop eating as much beef and goat because of digestion and it takes longer to process. Um, I've started doing more well-being for myself, so that's affected my diet. But to be honest, I, I love Indian food. Um, I love food. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a foodie. Like you, you can't. I eat all foods. Do you eat Ugandan food? Like I love Ugandan food. Wow. Uh, like at the moment, my favorite Ugandan restaurant is Roots mm -hmm. uh, in Nakasero. In Nakasero, yes. Um, she's a friend of mine. Her peanut sauce is phenomenal. If it has some fish in it. Uh, beef for me. Oh, fine. Yeah. Fish in I, it. I, I, I find the fish in the gina. It has a certain smell that I don't like. Oh really? Yeah, that, that's a personal opinion. My dad loves it. I love because so there are no bones. I never find any bones in it? there. <laughs> so I'm, I, 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 like I always say, I, I so can only speak for myself in life. I cannot speak for anybody else. Certainly. That's why you're telling your own life story. Correct. When his turn comes, he will sit right over there and we'll have our conversation. We're going to have his and I can't tell him anything. <laughs> and how best is your wash down? What do you wash it best with? Your favorite dish? Well, oh, I stopped drinking whiskey recently. You stopped? Yeah. I've, you stopped drinking? No, I just why? drink beers. I, I just found that it's getting me too, I get too hyper and too much and get too excited with the whiskey. Come on, you're a G. You can always take an ice bath in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but you see, I, I always look out what's for be best for me. In that sense, I'm very, I'm very self-centered. People wow. call me selfish, but I'll be selfish to myself, to my own well-being. So if I'm finding that me drinking whiskey is affecting me in certain ways, I can do something else that can affect me in better ways. So I found that like whiskey was like really becoming a deterrent for me. Um, and so I just one day said, I'm done. I'll just drink beers instead. So I've really recently, I've just been on, on beers, beers, beers. I'll have it once in a while, but it, it takes me to, to a new dimension. I thought that's what you needed, especially to get flying now that you are into the Rajiv Rally business. You are now a trailblazer in the motorsport industry, winning all but one tournaments that you participated in. In fact, if it wasn't for COVID, I'm sure you'd have another crown right in your silverware <laughs> closet. How do you get into motorsport? I've always been in motorsports. I, I, I've been driving buggies, go-karts, motorbikes, you name it from a young age. My dad, like I told you, he funded all our experiences. And particularly that when you said, I'll go with this till adulthood. Because there are so many things you, you did and experimented as a child. Right. And I hear you are doing this more or less professionally. Who, who says we ever really grow up? <laughs> Especially when it comes to boys and their toys <laughs> called cars. Well, I, no, I think to everything. Yeah. I, I think to everything. We, 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 should, we should learn to respect culture and things more. But do we ever really grow up? We should have more respect for people. We should, all those things are things we have. But we also have them as kids. All we change from being a kid to an adult mm -hmm. is having more knowledge and more wisdom. Wow, that's a beautiful one here. Right? Where do you see Rajiv in the next, say, 10 years, 20, I even know 50 years you're going to be here? Well, I think I want to I continue to grow this business. Mm -hmm. One of the businesses we really want to get into is the uh, growing of cannabis, medical cannabis. So we've applied for our licenses and we keep pushing government to start issuing licenses. Why are all businesses available in this land that you're looking to medical cannabis? Because I don't think we have any high-value crop in Uganda. Coffee, someone will sell. But is it a high-value crop? Because coffee, coffee grows over big amounts of land. I'm talking about little land, high value. High value. From 30 acres, if you can generate $10 million, that is a high-value crop. Mm. 
Why are we not able to, we have, we have a huge unemployment rate, huge youth who are not working, educated youth. We have huge arable land. Arable land and cheap. cheap. We have water. We have beautiful weather, sun, you can't sunlight. We have all these things that I don't even think we should even be doing outdoor and mass growing. I think we should be doing in greenhouses, right? Because our quality will be better. Because when you're growing for medical purposes, your attention to the end product is of a higher control mechanism. From the pH of the soil to the water Correct. and all that. The, the, the sulfates, the nitrates, uh, you so beyond, so, so, so beyond your business with roses and the agriculture you're doing, that's like you're looking at medical marijuana. Medical. Then, I'm not looking at. I'm not looking at recreational. Uh, certainly. Right? <laughs> um, no, because there are farms in the world that specialize in, in, in recreational. There are farms that specialize in medical, and there are two different properties in cannabis. And varieties of some sure are very different. Correct. So that's it. So that maybe the medium term, five, ten years. Yes. Where do you see the Ruperia group? Let's close our eyes and just imagine when your son is your age now, and we are hoping and praying that you have one, where would you want him to find and inherit it from? Whatever he wants to do. I'm not going to decide for him now. No, what, in your view, me, should, should he find in terms of Ruperia group? Like the he, biggest yeah, everything. The, you see, it's very difficult to say because we, do, we don't just do things. Yes, we look at our return on investments. Yes, we look at the money aspect. But we do things that are in our nature. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm not going to sit in and say in 20 years, 30 years, we'll have this. I'm going with the flow. Every year, our investment strategy adopts based. Like today, who, who, who planned COVID? Only the big boys in the world who probably knew about COVID <laughs> made money from it. But the rest of us in our small little world didn't make any money. Just right? so it's completely so disrupted everything we have. Right? All our hotels are closed. Our arcades are closed. And I just don't understand why we can't open up and adapt with COVID. Or COVID is not going anywhere. And also we are not going anywhere. Wait. So either we are, we're running like cowards or we stand up and we say, we're dealing with the situation. How do we deal with this situation as human beings? A very final one. Rajiv, this is a very beautiful country and I'm sure you know about it. You've traveled across its breadth and length. And usually our final question on the program is, where would you love to be marooned? If at all, for a weekend? And why? In Uganda? Mm -hmm. Please well, don't say speak resort when no, you're no, there. No, you, no. You're always no, marooned. I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually planning to build a lodge on an island soon, on mm. one of the islands. But that, that will come in about two years. But honestly speaking, I went, I went to a lodge uh, the other day. Um, and of course, they've got some work to do. and They're not yet perfect. Uh, up in Murchison, which mm -hmm. I'm distressed about how much dumping is happening in our river. It's, it's, it's absolutely pathetic. The river is just full of rubbish. It's, and it's just killing, absolutely killing the ecosystem there. Uh, but it's a beautiful lodge. It's called Nile Safari Lodge. Nile Safari Lodge? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's probably the most upmarket lodge in Uganda at the moment. Uh, and, and, and it's incredible. Because we even went to a lodge, uh, this uh, lodge in, inside the... Uh, inside the... Mabira Forest, mm -hmm. but that lodge, it, it, it's, I, I'm sorry, but the owners have completely run it down. I have all my friends. The rainforest one? Yeah, the rainforest, mm -hmm. absolutely terrible lodge. I have friends that have just got been bitten by mango flies all over, oh. meaning their bed sheets weren't clean, uh, the basic hygiene was not there, and it is disgusting, absolutely disgusting. You know, and that is not something, no matter who you are, what you do, then close the lodge. And do some refurbishment. Yes, or, or, or get proper management or sell it. But don't, don't bring people there and harm them through your sheer negligence. Only in the name of making a quick buck. That's it. It's been a pleasure having you on the program. Millions of viewers and listeners, I'm sure, will take life's incredible lessons from you. And of course, we know that you are still here and running it real hard with the Ruperia Group. One final way to say coherence to our listeners is by leaving them with a beautiful song. What will that, what will that song be? Mm. 
Since we've been going with teens, why not goodbye, my lover? To all my fans. Wow, wow. That's a very interesting one. So to you, our viewers and listeners, it's been a pleasure having you on the program. For Rajiv, who took time off from his otherwise very busy 24 hours, just like myself. But let's not forget that he's got gigs and businesses to run. Even I, who has one program, one day in a week, find it heavy on my schedule. But imagine him. But he took the trouble to be with us, and we thank him for that. Let's meet same time, same place next week with yet another incredible life story. Desert Island Discs on 91.3 Capital FM.